Hey, and welcome to Game Talk episode 26. I'm your host, Amon Mion. This week, I'm joined by Connor. Hey, guys. And Michael. Take me home, country roads. And we are going to talk about E3 2018. Our thoughts, our impressions, what we liked, what we didn't like, and just our general feelings about the whole event. And I don't want to structure this at all. We can just, you know, have a discussion about it. So right off the bat, I'll say, after thinking about all the conferences, I think in terms of a conference, I think Microsoft had the best one. They show the most games. And granted, most of the games they showed were third-party games. So they'd be coming out on PC and PlayStation as well. The games they showed were extremely good-looking, very much hype-inducing. During that conference, our Lord and Savior, Todd Howard, appeared out of nowhere like a ninja to reveal more info about Fallout 4. Or Fallout 76. Uh, Yeah, that's one of the bigger games, I think, revealed at this E3, Fallout 76. Um, Not only Fallout 76, but Todd Howard came on stage to not so much reveal, but announce that they were working on uh, Starfield and Elder Scrolls 6, which I could not have seen him even uttering those words, Elder Scrolls 6, in a million years. Uh, I'm surprised he even said that. Yeah, I thought... uh... I only kind of watched passively, but I thought Microsoft definitely had the strongest showing as well. Yeah, I'd say I loved Bethesda's conference, maybe because that 39 seconds of an Elder Scrolls trailer was enough to get me going and squeeing well at work. Well, yeah, Todd, that was absolutely the intention. And I think Todd Howard just threw that trailer together or his team threw that t- trailer together simply to make people stop asking him about Elder Scrolls. When's Elder Scrolls? When's um, Elder Scrolls? It's right here. I mean, everyone knows that game will happen eventually, but at <laughs> least we know that it's a little, just slightly closer than eventually now, even though it's still very much far off. I think it's a, I think it's a Gen 9 game. Like, I don't think it'll be on PS4, Xbox One at all. He had already said that it, um, technology wasn't where he wanted it to be to make Elder Scrolls 6. Yeah. And for that matter, I think Starfield's probably a Gen 9 game too. Maybe it's cross-gen, but we'll see. I think that's likely. Yeah. Starfield, though, like just the the trailer for Starfield, shorter as it was and minimalist as it was, just evoked something very much in me that I wanted. Like it, it just screams like grand space opera adventure, kind of like Mass Effect does. Scream, uh, uh, Skyrim in it, space. It, 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 it definitely evoked that feeling, and I absolutely want it as soon as possible i can't wait to play that game i Um, am still hyped for fallout 76 like yeah i guess we can keep going on about bethesda now that we're talking about them fallout 76 yeah i'm excited Um, for 76 as well and i'm not a big fallout fan that's the thing i'm hearing like maybe it's just because we live in west virginia but like everyone i talk to people who don't even know about gaming and they're like oh fallout 76 fallout 76 like literally all of my friends are planning on buying fallout 76 and i haven't really seen that happen with a game before Granted, i think that's I think just because we're in west virginia it, yeah a big chunk of it is probably because just because yeah. we're in west virginia but like that's so special to us you know like most games when they're set in like real world real world locations like the most common locations are cities like big cities like new york or maybe even um, Los Angeles, like for the Grand Theft Auto games. But like locations like rural locations, much less West Virginia, like that has never been done in a game before. And uh, we're rightfully so excited, I think. Yeah, I'm excited because um, 
Fallout kind of has a tendency to celebrate its locations too. So it's not going to, like, I don't feel like it's going to be one of those things that makes fun of the state, which is all we usually get. Like, I was watching a documentary about the making, and all of, like, they're taking a lot of the folklore from West Virginia and putting it into monsters, and that really excites me because all of my life, all I wanted to do was tame the Mothman and <laughs> make him my own pet. And now I can, maybe. Maybe I just have to shoot him. And you can with your friends. Yeah. Which is a first for Fallout Shoot as well. Mothman with friends. Uh, another really interesting thing, right. just a small thing. Todd Howard said that you'd be able to like commandeer nukes and like fire them at other people, which is insane and something I very much want to do. Oh, I'm nuking Morgantown like instantly. The second I get off the I'm nuking Morgantown. I don't <laughs> care. Morgantown can get nuked. Yeah. Um. What I thought was interesting was, like, everybody's been comparing it to Rust, which I don't know a ton about, but I've seen some people comparing it to Metal Gear Survive, which I think makes more sense to me. I think it's more sense for Metal Gear Survive, since Rust is a hard PvP game where if you die, you lose everything. Fallout 76, you die, you just respawn. There's no, right. so, you lose all your items, you lose all your skills, because that's ridiculous. And Metal, yeah, and Metal Gear Survive wasn't very good. Yeah. But, like, that was just because it was made by post-Kojima Konami. Yeah. I was not going to buy the game if it was a Rust-like, where every time I'd get shot, and I'd get shot a lot, or die, to, like, an NPC, even, I would lose everything. It would it would make the game so unfun to explore the world, because you'd be always afraid of losing your thing to some random person, or losing it to the Mothman. The Mothman <laughs> stole all my caps. An interesting I, thing... I like that to think about with fallout 76 is that because it's an online game it's probably going to get supported a lot longer than fallout 3 and fallout 4 did it really is and that which means like this will be like one of the main pillars of fallout going forward like we'll probably get a fallout you know five whatever like a decade into the future and fallout 76 might still be relevant then although i don't think they're going the microtransactions route which excites me because you know Bethesda is not really known for their microtransactions. Horse armor. That's that's an exception. And how long ago horse was armor horse armor was just released? dumb DLC? It was just horse armor was re-released recently for um, Skyrim Special Edition. That's that's another yeah, fantastic like a joke. thing. You know? Okay, so Bethesda announced Skyrim Special Edition for like Amazon Alexa, and I absolutely thought it was one hundred percent a joke. And then Michael yeah, it tells me later joke for them. that it's actually real. And I looked it up, and you can actually download Skyrim Special Edition. On it's a very Alexa, special edition for the Alexa. And it's real, which just blew my like, mind. They spent effort They blew on some that. resources on this. <laughs> yeah, But it was an in-joke between them, and they're just like, this would be... I love that. that. It shows Bethesda is very aware. You know, they, they're they not tone-deaf like EA, which I guess is a good segue. We could talk about EA. I guess... No loot. Boxes. Yeah, I know. I'm, I'm, I'm glad that they kept saying no loot boxes over and over again. It, it's which which definitely implies that they heard like the insane backlash. But at the same time, they had the worst conference by far, and it was so incredibly tone deaf to the audience that listens to E3. Why would you have like a 15 minute long mobile command and conquer demo in the middle of your conference? That's just like a slap in the face to everyone. I happen to be watching. Jenna Bain, who is the wife of Total Biscuit, 
commenting over E3 because they used to do it every year. And she was commenting over it. And during that segment, she got real morbid and stated, I'm kind of glad my husband's not alive right now because he would be he would just be devastated by this. The fact that Command Cocker went mobile. Jeez. I'm devastated. That's ruthless. Like any Command and Conquer like, fan Conquer. is devastated well, by yeah. that announcement. And it hurts my heart that it exists command and cocker and mobile like who who do they think they'll sell this to like mobile fans like people who play mobile games command and cocker is probably too you know out there for a lot of mobile fans and like inversely command and conquer fans are not going to want to play the new game on mobile i wouldn't play it at all it doesn't look like a command and conquer game i want another game where i can build my base and then send a massive amount of tanks at somebody i don't want Oh, this is a pretty mobile game where there's three, one objective. And even Anthem looked pretty disappointing when they showed it. Granted, I have read impressions of people on the show floor, and they say that like the demo they got to play uh, plays a lot better than what they showed at E3. So there's still hope for Anthem. It's just that EA is mismanaging it. Uh, they definitely lost me on Anthem at E3. Like, I just thought that the footage they showed looked I boring. Agree. Like, I don't yeah. have anything else to say about it. It just didn't look very fun. It looked it looked like I'm only seeing this the second time, and it already looked repetitive. The other thing that I think contributed to that, too, there was no continuous gameplay shot. You know, it kept cutting. Yeah, it, it looked yeah, very exactly. Fake. It's like that yeah. game is nowhere near, like, in a we showable a state, I believe. We that conference, too. Um, but, yeah, Anthem. Yeah, Battlefield. Battlefield Five. That's the only game I'm really actually. Excited I'm very for. excited for yeah, Battlefield Five. That game, 5. that game looks I'll fantastic. Yeah, uh, I, my prediction was absolutely wrong. No new Dragon Age game. I think I made that last <laughs> year as well. So I might as well just make that every year until it comes true. I th- uh, one yeah. really surprising and exciting thing announced was um, Jedi Fallen Order. That was which wasn't off key mention. It was just a, a, yeah, some dude just like said it. Just said yeah, but it's nice it. to know. It's nice to know we have a Star Wars game in development that isn't Battlefront. I think that's pretty exciting. Uh, and it's a long time coming, too. I feel like this should have been done years ago, but here we are. There's so many things that were a no-show this year, too. Especially, I want to say, at EAs. Like, we didn't huh. see another Need for Speed title. Oh, that's true, yeah. See. I felt like overall for E3, there were a lot yeah, of no-shows. Like, overall, like, I'd say this E3 was I, a little weak. The most exciting announcements of E3 were made in the week leading yeah, up. To yeah, it. that's like, and we discussed. Yeah, that was what we were afraid of. Everything leaked beforehand, but no, there were still some. I surprises. never thought it would actually there be still true, some though. surprises, but I, I don't know. As as social media becomes more and more integrated into our society, I wonder if we're ever going to get the era of like just bombshell after bombshell of surprise because we already know so much stuff, which is a little sad. But yeah, uh, no, we got bombshelled last year. And social media is no more prevalent now than it was then. What was the last year's bombshell? I can't remember. Monster Hunter World. Oh uh, yeah, because you know, Walmart Canada didn't spoil that one. Yeah, Walmart. Walmart. They did? No, he, they didn't. He said, but like Walmart oh, definitely just year, spoiled yeah. like everything this year, which is really funny. Walmart ruined. Bethesda everything. even made a jab at them in the middle of their conference. Yeah, like uh, we can, unlike uh, Walmart Canada, we can keep a secret. <laughs> Ubisoft, I thought. Uh, I was actually really impressed with Ubisoft. That pirate um, game really impressive. Yeah, Skull and Bones looks great. Uh, it didn't look great when the last time, uh, like the previous time they showed it, but this time it looks very good. Beyond um, Good and Evil Two was announced after all these years. Well, they announced that last year, but they showed more it's this been, year. It's been kind of in the stealth for years, though. Uh, 
Connor, no, no Rayman sequel. That's another hit for you. Yeah, no, I was pretty upset. Yeah, I don't think I got a single yeah, thing you're right. Very actually. wrong on all counts. I want a Banjo Kazooie game, and Rare is never going to make one. No Banjo Kazooie, no Sonic. Thus, Sonic didn't announce. There anything, was one. Sonic yeah, I, I would have thought we'd that seen the racing game at least at a third party, uh, at a, at a first party conference or something like that. But I guess not. The new Assassin's Creed looks really good. I really like, like the look I of was, Odyssey. I was pretty blown away by Assassin's Creed Odyssey. Uh, like heavy RPG elements. Uh, you pick your gender at the start, and like the story can actually progress in different ways, which wasn't a thing in Assassin's Creed prior to this. Like, and and they seem to be dipping into full on fantasy now because you have a piece of Eden. I don't know if you follow Assassin's Creed lore, but you have a uh, you have a piece uh, of yeah. Eden from the very start of the game. So you essentially have magic in the game like you can teleport and stuff like that which is very strange for assassin's creed but i'm i'm intrigued that is very strange yeah that's not like them i mean also i apparently read somewhere that when voicing the entire game they either found people with greek ancestry or actual greeks to do the voices so they could have the accent that's always good like uh, i'm playing origins right now and i'm like english didn't exist back then so it's a little strange hearing these Egyptians speak English, but oh, whatever. Speak perfectly like British English. <laughs> Let's see. What else did Ubi- uh, Ubisoft said some more stuff? Um, uh, the Division Two. They showed that off, and lo- that looks cool too. I, it's. I don't think it's for me, but you like fight off the real terror of Washington D.C. People like craving more of that Destiny esque gameplay will definitely get all up in that. And like we forget, but the Division's like one of the one of Ubisoft's best selling games. So. It's going to be pretty huge. Um, what else did you decide? I'm probably not going to play it, though. I'm trying to remember. I didn't see a lot of that conference because I slept through it, unfortunately. Yeah, I dipped out of a lot of conferences this year early, which is why I'm not saying a whole lot. I just didn't. I, wasn't I missed the PC gaming show, and the clear winner of E3 was announced during that one. All right, uh, Michael, what you is can that? talk about your Something shark game. called Maneater. And if you haven't seen the trailer, I linked it in the Slack. You're a shark. And you eat people very violently. And it looks a lot of fun. He eats an alligator. It's insane. It's a 30-second long so trailer. basically Shark Simulator, It's basically right? Jaws Unleashed Remastered. And it's beautiful. I want more games where I can be a shark That's and fun. eat people. So moving on to Microsoft, Sony, Nintendo. So Sony was disappointing. It, I, I, I'm in two minds about Sony. Because one, they showed gameplay, which I, is what I want. But two, their actual presentation was not good. Like they had, they had musicians and, they did that stupid and stuff. Thing, yeah. Which and don't get me wrong, the musicians themselves were impressive. But it's not appropriate to do this at an E three where your audience just wants hype and fast pace and game announcements. You know, that's not it's not appropriate to do yeah. it there, despite like how talented they Especially are. Especially that intermission in the middle of the show they just came off showing last of us and then they yeah that was all that killed the that killed that the momentum like hardcore mission with these like three random schmucks i will say though talking that the last of us part two uh it melted my brain when i saw the gameplay uh naughty dog once again it looks like they're pushing the envelope it on looked like very what visceral and cutting edge gameplay could be like yeah, a bunch of people are claiming it's not real, and I'm it's definitely sure real. Games. I mean, people claim that with every Naughty Dog game, every time and the Naughty, Naughty Dog, Dog, Dog always shuts them up. Yeah, it's just like this can't be real. Naughty Dog can't it's do just, this. 
it definitely feels like Naughty Dog it legit feels like they're five years ahead of everyone else. Just their tech, I don't know. It's they're wizards over there. It's working on that cell processor. It got them ready to work on a standard processor because when you master a cell processor, a standard processor is like child play. Sure, let's go with that. <laughs> they everything that um, came out on the PS3 looked beautiful. You can't get wrong. They figured that well, all their PS4 out. games looked. Their two PS4 games, I guess. Their two Uncharted games look astonishing, but this this was just on another level. Yeah. Like the facial animation is just it's 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 unnerving how realistic, especially because of how violent this game is. Neil Druckmann came out and said that like this game's themes are hatred and violence, so it's going to be a very dark, gruesome game. Uh, but like just yeah, you can. I was like, like they didn't they didn't adapt at all after last year. Like no, no, he, all the controversy no, over this. He's stuff. sticking to his vision, which I respect. But like, mm-hmm. I mean, I've seen some violent things. You know, just being a fan of video games and television and movies, like violence is a part of pretty much all media. But like this game took it to a level I did not think anyone would go to in a video game. Like just based off what we saw, it was yeah. pretty astonishingly violent. Like I, I was pretty. Like Michael, you were there too. I was pretty shocked. Like I couldn't believe what I was seeing at times. You were like, "That's brutal." It was, it was an experience. And like uh, I, I was reading Neil Druckmann. Like he's so committed to this. Like he actually says that like no one actually knows like how people truly react when they're stabbed so we looked up like we made our artists and engineers look up references so we could accurately depict that i was like dude you're crazy <laughs> but like that's yeah, yucky yeah. Like, you're a mess but he's but like, art. he's so committed to his art which is just like it's it's kind of insane but it's also i kind of respect it you know then there was uh the Resident Evil 2 remaster announcement which that was me. a pretty big uh well i, I would have people saw that coming People saw that coming, but like that's again a pretty big deal that that's getting a remake. Um, the other big first party games that Sony showed, I kind of want to move to Ghost of Tsushima. We finally got gameplay of that. Oh, that uh, game it, looks fun. It, it also uh, it kind of blew me away. It looks it looks fantastic. It, when it's like they, an open world samurai game. That first combat encounter where he kind of just holds onto the sword, just whips it out like. It's like a movie. It looked like yeah, something it, that would happen in a movie. It was very cinematic. Like, um, the game and the combat looks fantastic and gruesome too. That's an like all of both that and The Last of Us are both very violent showing. Like the showings. fight in the field with all the fire arrows coming down. That was really cinematic, and I'm really eager to play that game now. Was this the FromSoft game? No. no, this this is. Um, in, uh, Insomniac, Sucker. or no, 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 sorry, Sucker Punch, Sucker, Sucker Punch, okay. and it's so cinematic um, and beautiful looking. Also, okay, so this is a good time to interject. There were three samurai games announced at this year's E3, which is just like what? Yeah. That's crazy. Neo so Neo Neo Two, which is another PS4 exclusive. I'm very much looking forward to Neo Two. I love Neo One, uh, Ghost of Tsushima, the other PS4 ex- exclusive, and then. Uh, from Soft's new game, uh, Sekiro: Shadows Die Twice, which looks absolutely bonkers, and we'll get to that in a minute. Uh, but <clears throat> yeah, Ghost of Tsushima, like that's like I went from being iffy on it because you know Sucker Punch has never really made a game like this to being like, okay, this is a day one buy for me. And then to round out the four games that Sony showed, um, uh, Spider Man and Death Stranding, 
So let's just get Spider-Man out of the way. Looks great. I can't wait to play it. It looks like a lot of fun. Uh, it seems like that's, cool. that's all I got. To say it about seems it. like Insomnia could really great. capture the essence of being Spider-Man. Um, like the swinging looks great. The combat looks great. I don't need to see anymore. I'm I'm already sold on it. Yeah, I'm sold. That's there's not much to say about it. It's a Spider-Man game. And it's, yeah, it's the first competent Spider-Man game in a long time, which is exciting. Yeah. Um, and then <laughs> let's talk about then the, Death Stranding. The baby on the chest. So the I'm walking simulator. So might be- we got like a what is seemingly like t- it felt like ten minute long trailer for Death Stranding. I and think I'm, it might have been point, gameplay. No, no. The only it gameplay we could- saw was like when he was walking around. Which at this point, I'm like Kojima needs to probably just stop and make the game and the next thing he shows needs to be gameplay because like he's real every single e3 slash playstation experience he just releases another confusing trailer which is like cool and all but at the same time it's time for it to either go away or show gameplay i think like there was so many many images of just people walking and we i was confused I mean, yeah, the main character is like he's carrying around a baby at all times, and like the baby gives you a thumbs up, it, and it just it's sense. very strange. Yeah, the baby goes down a throat, gives you a thumbs up, and then it's like, what's going on here? I don't get it. I, I don't even get the creatures. Like, there's some deeper meaning that Kojima is trying to explain. Maybe it's anti-war or something, but I don't know. And I kind of want to know at this point because it's already make me angry. <laughs> yeah. that's what i'm game. saying like it's it's time it's time to actually show your game and if it's not ready it's time to go dark until it's time yeah it's time to stop confusing people because at this point it's getting old real quick but yeah let's move on uh from sony so sony like presentation wise was pretty bad i would say but i really dug all the games they showed and that's why i'm kind of conflicted on them see i, I, I put a, them in the negative pile hard because they just didn't show I don't know. There wasn't a whole lot shown that wasn't expected. Sony didn't have a lot of hype this year because they went for something weird and something where it's, I, we're going to focus on five game, five games, entire time. Yeah, I agree. Like I was into those games, so it wasn't as bad for me. But like as a conference, as a show, as like a hype generator, they definitely didn't Last go through. And Sony Microsoft conference. definitely did. Yeah. Uh, so we can talk about Microsoft. Um they really Microsoft actually Microsoft kind of did the Sony quote unquote conference that Sony usually does where it's just game after game punch after punch and each one bringing something new something different and equally hype inducing like they started like off, they open right away with yeah, Halo, Halo Infinite Halo was the first yeah, game which that was they huge. showed off and it was just like is this a Halo game this is a Halo game I was so stoked when I saw it but then I was a little disappointed like a few seconds afterwards where they didn't elaborate on it it was just a trailer and i was hoping we would get like more info about it see i um, thought i thought that microsoft conference this year looked almost identical to theirs last year just a little better like like i swear they used the exact same voice track for xbox exclusive, exclusive. oh yeah, they've been doing that for years though but this year they really had a lot of cool announcements to make instead of oh here's another third party game that's also coming out on pc guys yeah, they had Ori 2. They had... Um, Ori 2 looks great. Gears um, 5 or whatever it is. So they announced three Gears of War yep. games, which two of them I just didn't really... 
Like you could, it was funny because like the first one was like a Funko Pop game, and that no one really hurt wanted my that, heart. especially like, in the was audience. The audience, the audience looked like- stunned. <laughs> the audience looked stunned. But then they announced the real if Gears of War game, and that made everyone happy. Uh, I just thought that was a really funny way. For- Valve's Dota card game at the International. That's the same thing that happened at the Microsoft conference. Everyone was really hyped, and then you just heard the disappointment. <laughs> That's rough. Yeah, but I think the reason Microsoft succeeded so well uh, this year is because they had the biggest third-party games at their show. Yeah. Um, let's. So we can start with Sekiro Shadows Die Twice. Basically, the spiritual successor to the Souls Bloodborne series, the From Software's new major game, which is, oh my god, I, my jaw was on the floor the entire time during that trailer. Out of the three samurai games that are coming out, I think this will be the best one. Yeah, I think it'll be the best one. I think we should address the elephant in the room first, though. The title sucks. No way, really? I think it's cool. I, it's not like compared to Bloodborne or Dark Souls, like. There's nothing like what are we gonna call this game? We're ca- talking about it casually in conversation. Shadows die twice. Like, I don't know. I think once we find out what Sekiro means, maybe the title will mean more to us. But yeah, I guess when you compare it to titles like Dark Souls and Bloodborne, it's not as catchy. I never thought of that actually. It's yeah, it's just not easy to say. I guess for a Western audience, like I think Shadows Die Twice is a pretty cool like tagline though. <sighs> again we don't know the context behind it yet though like that probably knowing miyazaki that probably has some like deep connection to the game mechanics or lore or something like that maybe it just feels to me like it's gonna be the forgotten souls game 10 years from now like they'll keep releasing really? other games with that gameplay and this is gonna be the one everybody like but forgets to mention. Like, did you see that gameplay though yeah, how it great it looked yeah like it, it imagine it's like dark souls and bloodborne except morph quick more offensive and more vertical too i noticed that like there's there's a dedicated jump now yeah and like it seems like you're jumping flying all over the place battling like these japanese oni demons and it it just looks so exciting and good and knowing that from software and that hidetaka miyazaki is fully behind this game even though like it was strange seeing activision's logo because they're publishing it Mm -hmm. i have full confidence in a miyazaki backed from game that it's going to be nothing short of stellar. And I guess with Activision publi- publishing, they're going to have more money than they usually do. Right. So that's always a bonus. Yeah, this... And then we had, like, the side conferences. But Microsoft was interesting. There wasn't... There wasn't Connor's favorite announcement there. Well, I think there's still more to say. No, for my- Sonic or Banjo. Yeah, we didn't get... Um, Sonic? Sonic or Banjo. I was actually, I was like waiting for the banjo. I, I thought for sure after like how insane their conference was going, I was like, they're yeah, hitting it really on all cylinders. They're definitely going there. to announce banjo and like, it's going to be insane, but it never happened. Maybe next year. But we do need to talk about one thing. Um, Microsoft essentially doubled their first party studios. Announced, like They announced that they bought six different studios and added them to their first party. And they, their their first party consisted of five before, so they essentially yeah no 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 sorry they they had six and they bought five that's what happened so now they have eleven so that's pretty significant and it shows that Microsoft is they're not thinking to like quote unquote win this generation they're ready they, for the next yeah they're absolutely ready for the next and I think 
once again, once we hit Gen 9, we're going to see another momentum shift in the gaming industry. Like, I'm more and more convinced yeah. that Microsoft is poised to come back hard against Sony uh, once, like, Xbox 2 is a thing. Yeah, I agree, especially with how much backlash Sony's getting right now. Like, they yeah. could do a it's couple so- of good PR moves and win. Like, win at the beginning. Like, it won't even start, just like it did this gen with Sony. I know. Like, it's so interesting to consider, like, how the tides like shift over years because like Microsoft's been in this position before and Sony's been in this position before. And like, it's just so interesting following that history. Like if events continue as they do, because Microsoft's championing cross play, Sony is only locking PS4 PlayStation people down to their console. Like the, the optics are shifting again. It's even worse. Like, yeah. Like for Fortnite. Sony players can't play with Switch players either. Right, that's, yeah, that's kind of what I was mentioning. Like, they can only play on PC. And, and if you've played on your PlayStation, you can't play on your Switch. Yeah, it's, it's, it's very, it's very short-sighted. I think Sony wouldn't be doing this if they were losing. They're only doing this because they have, like, the majority share, like, in the gaming industry right now. Like, more people have PS4s than Xboxes and Switches, but... Like, I don't I, know if they keep up these policies, that could change. Touch my PS4 Easily. at this point to play any game other than the games I already have on it. Like I'm not gonna, bu- I'm gonna buy maybe Fallout 76 on it. That's it. And Spider Man. That's Spider Man, but I don't have a money for Spider Man. And Death Stranding. Oh God, there's so many good games, but I don't want <laughs> exactly. Death. That's that's see, that's the kind of predicament. Like Sony still has the most killer first party. Like. And that's why this move by Microsoft was so interesting. They're they're flat out saying that we're going to compete with Sony's first party now. Like, yeah. And you know that like half, if not all, or half, if not more, of those studios of their eleven studios are probably working on next gen Xbox exclusives right now. Yeah. So E three for Microsoft a couple years down the line is going to be buck wild. Right. It will be. Um, incidentally, I don't know if you guys heard this, but the code name for Microsoft's next console leaked during E3. Oh, what is it? It's called Scarlet. I don't know okay, why, well that's meaningless. what that means, but I just think it's interesting. Yeah. We found out, um, Xbox One's code name was Durango before it came out. Durango. Maybe this one's gonna Scarlet. That could mean it red rings to death. They're bringing that old feature back. <laughs> Something very interesting. Phil Spencer said towards the end of the conference, the next Xbox consoles plural are being worked on which well, makes me okay think. that just means they're gonna have the one the one s the one x like does it though like yeah i feel like they're gonna launch with two levels at least oh uh, that's the thing you think they'll launch with two levels that's pretty that's a pretty bold move i'd say no i think they will and i think they'll do it. i think playstation will too maybe we've shifted fully onto like the iterative like into that mindset which is kind of new for consoles but we'll see yeah um we still haven't touched on pr- probably the biggest third-party announcement at Microsoft's, and that's Cyberpunk 2077. That was yeah, that looks crazy good. The trailer was insane. How they revealed it was insane, where like CD Projekt right, essentially hacked Microsoft's conference and just blew it out with their trailer. Um, yeah. And like, from, from all the impressions I've read, like, um, you have to have like a special pass to go behind closed doors to see the cyberpunk like live gameplay demo. And apparently it was like an hour long of gameplay and everyone who comes out says that this game is absolutely insane and that it's doing things they've never seen in a video game before. And that 
it's it's abs- it's like the talk of E3. They're like, even if you have to steal someone's pass, steal it so you can go see this game. It will blow your mind, which is just like so exciting to me. Knowing as CD Projekt Red, developers of The Witcher Three, which was like a seminal like role playing game that released this gen, Cyberpunk's probably going to be a next gen or cross gen game, I would say. And it's um, a shooter. And and yeah, it's a first person RPG. Uh, with sh- uh, it's more RPG than shooter. They were clear about that. Where The Witcher is like massive in sort of width, um, Cyberpunk's massive uh, vertically. So like every single building, every single skyscrapers you see has detailed interior architecture with things that go on in those buildings. And the city is immense too. Like you can hop in a car and drive for an extended period of time from one end to the uh, from one end of the city to the other, and that would take you so so long to do. So it's just. They're creating a massive metropolis with insane sci-fi flavors, and I think that's super exciting. And I can't wait to see it for myself, just because the impressions I've I've seen or or, or heard from people that have seen this demo, everyone's just been like awestruck by it. Hmm. Kudos to Microsoft for really. It seems like they really get it now, you know, more so than anyone else. Which is a little worrying for me being like a, you know, a PlayStation gamer. I'm like, Sony better get their stuff together uh, if they want to maintain their dominance in the console space. Because Microsoft is poised to take that back from them, I think. But anyways, we can move on to Nintendo. Which personally for me, I feel like this was the most hype for me simply because of smash brothers. It was the most hype, but if you're not in the smash bros, it was the weakest conference. Exactly. Far and wide. Yeah. Cause that's all that was. I agree with you. But like when I was watching that Nintendo direct live and, uh, basically when the smash bros ultimate trailer kicked off and they announced in the middle of the trailer, like it was such a well put together trailer, but when they announced that like everyone is back, I essentially like hyperventilated. I was so excited. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like I could tell on Slack because you were just having a meltdown. Yeah, you all caps every message. Yeah, yeah. I I I, I like couldn't process it. It was so, <laughs> it was so exciting. Like, and I love that they're not like really like I don't know. Like the fact that they didn't change Pichu at all makes me so happy. Like, yeah, he's no, bad they, and he's back. Did. Yeah, no, like, you didn't want him, but here he is. And and I just want to give it a minute to appreciate how difficult this must have been to do. They had to renegotiate all those like third party characters, including snake from Konami. Imagine how difficult that must have been. Yeah. And like all the Kirby abilities they've had to make, like, yeah, like Sakurai said that like his goal from the beginning of this game and make no mistake. This is a brand new game, brand new engine, not a port of smash four. His goal from the beginning gameplay was to make a smash where they celebrate every fighter they've ever had. And when he told his team this at first, at first they were overjoyed, but like a a couple seconds later, there was dead silence in the room because they knew how difficult it was going to be to do this, but they did it. And I'm so, so excited for it. And not only did they do that, but we're still getting new fighters. Granted, we're not going to get as many new fighters, but we've already had two announced Daisy and Ridley. And, you know, the fanboys online, for some reason, everyone really wants Ridley. I, I don't really understand why, but like... He's too big. He's too big. I, I don't like that he's added. He's too big. Right. But like, it, it's 
Uh, Smash to me is so interesting because Sakurai definitely seems like he's the the further into Smash games he goes, the more it seems like he's willing to listen and adapt his views. Uh, just evidence, just evidence by like him embracing the competitive community, both Smash Four and Melee. He invited players from both to the Invitational, and he actually took feedback from those players for things yeah. they would like to see in the game, which is insane. No, Smash Ultimate looks competitive to me. Like, it looks like a competitive yeah, game does. in 1v1. It absolutely does. And the Melee players uh, and the Smash 4 players came back with positive impressions of that game, which is so exciting to me. Because this... Yeah, the both of them. This yeah. truly could be the ultimate Smash Bros. game. Um, well, it is. I know. But... <laughs> Gameplay wise, well, anyways, for this game, you you start out with the roster of the original Smash Bros. game. So, like those twelve or whatever, how many, however many I characters? Think it was are. like eight. Yeah, however many characters there are, and then uh, you gradually get more and more. And right now, like what? There's around seventy characters for this yeah, game. Yeah, sixty-five, I think. Which is just mind-boggling. Like they said it in the direct, but it really is the biggest crossover in gaming history three links. i mean there's three links like and they all look fantastic yeah uh i love breath of the wild links like subtle changes i kind of wish they did more with him but i like what they've done with him yeah i feel like they should have changed him around and just had young link be old old link like yeah have all the old moveset and then had um i don't know i think it's i think it's also weird that they're not calling all the links echo characters well, Echo characters are way closer to their main characters than the other sort of copy characters are. Did they call Falco one? No, Falco is definitely not an Echo character. Okay. Um, the only Echo characters in this game right now are Marth, Lucina, uh, Peach, Daisy, and there's one more I can't think of. Pit and Dark Pit. Pit, Dark Pit, yeah. The, the most obvious one. <laughs> yeah. But, um, like, little things, like, it, I love the amount of love and care poured in this game that's just evident by the little we've seen of it. Like, Ganondorf actually uses his sword now, thank God. Yeah, Which, yeah. like, is a long Ganondorf time Ganondorf just looks better than he's looked in They're a long time. They're using Ganondorf's Ocarina of Time design and Zelda's Link to the Past design, yeah. which I think is so cool. They're- it's her Link Between Worlds design. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. I mean, I think it's the same thing, but... right. But I think it's so cool that they're representing all their different eras, too. Yeah, I think Ganon's never looked better than he looked in Ocarina of Time. I agree. Uh, He looks menacing. Yeah. I kind of wish his final smash was Calamity Ganon, though. I think that would have been way cooler. It would have been, yeah. I don't know how it would have worked, but... But, yeah, I loved... I was actually the most excited at seeing the Brawl characters come back, like Snake, like Pokemon Trainer. I was hyped to see Pokemon Trainer back. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. I'm, I'm just super excited for this game. I can't I'm interested, wait. like, they seem to be more comfortable changing, like, I don't know, for the first three, like, for the first three Smash Bros. games, every character's controls did the same thing. Like, they seem more comfortable giving characters unique things. Like, Shulk has that wheel now. Like that. Well, that started in Smash 4, right? Right, yeah. But they seem more comfortable with it now. Like, yeah. The wheel's not in the Smash wheel's 4. not in Smash Four. Like that's too weird. But like, like that villager has that Shulk extra icon. So much easier to play. Shulk is so much easier. It would be so much easier to play with that because in uh, four, you just had to uh, spam the button over and over and just remember 
what position what you needed was on. Yeah. And it made them a really hard and almost unwieldy to play. Now you can just select it and change it on the fly and not have to worry. Yeah, I'm a huge fan of pretty much all the changes they've made. Yeah, they're all good changes. I like th- I like that air dodges are back. I like um, that dodging. I like that just dodging constantly is no longer. Yeah, you get a punished valid, for it. Yeah, which is yeah, and I think I that's think really good because I've I've done far too many zero percent wins by just dodging constantly and waiting for somebody to like do something stupid and slow. Um, the only thing I kind of wish we got, maybe we'll get this in the future, but I don't bet on it being in the game like a like a story mode like Brawl had. Um, well, we haven't talked about game modes at all, so that's true. Yeah. So I I think there's a good chance like we haven't talked because classic mode's different every time, and we don't even know what that's gonna look like yet. So I would not write off a uh, a story mode yet. But like an actual story mode like Brawl had is like I would love another subspace emissary. You know. Yeah, me too. That was so good. Yeah, like this this game's gonna have more stages than all the other Smash games. It's heavily implied, I think, that all the stages are coming back along with new stages, which is just an absurd amount of stages. I think someone like went through and counted just based off of the footage we've seen already, like eighty plus stages. I mean Smash Four alone had an absurd number of stages between the three DS and the Wii U. Yeah, and another thing Smash doesn't get recognized for is its collection of music. Like, there's oh, yeah. so oh my God. much good music in Smash. Like, yeah. hours of music. Yeah. And and this game is going to have more music than the previous games, too. So, like... I have I actually have the Smash 4 soundtrack sitting next to me on my nightstand. Yeah, I, uh, it, I got that on CD. It's criminally underrated. It's so good. Yeah. But, yeah, like, Smash day one buy for me i already bought i already pre-ordered the uh gamecube adapter for the switch because i never had one for the wii u oh i need to do that too because like the wii u one sold out and then they never were in stock so i'm like this isn't happening a second time well they made third party ones but right not the same but yeah oh man aside from smash though like nintendo's kind of weak nothing. they they showed yeah. they showed a new 2019 fire emblem which yeah, a lot of people okay, are going yeah. to be psyched for. And yeah, I'm excited for it too. I like Fire Emblem, but I'm not crazy for it like some other people are. Um, they talked a little about Pokemon Let's Go, which is coming out in November, I think. That sounds right, yeah. And yeah, it looks great. Can't wait to play that. But yeah, the Smash was obviously their centerpiece and their focus for the presentation. So like Connor said earlier, if you don't like Smash, then this this Direct probably sucked for you. But if you do, it was great. And most people do. Let's be yeah, real. Like, how can you not like Smash? Come on. Yeah, I mean, really. I, I even I've been going back and watching some of the tournament just because I'm so excited. Oh yeah, that tournament was great. By the way, um, yeah, it was. Like there were some very I, hype moments already. The little touches they added. The gameplay. Like the, some of the little touches they've added, like making the final smashes more cinematic and, and like quicker. Like the final yeah, smashes like, like are all under like five seconds now. They're, they're trying to make them competitive is what they're trying to do. They don't want the Smash Ball to be considered an item anymore. I mean, let's be real. No one's ever going to play with the Smash Ball, though. I don't know. Uh, I don't know. Com- com- no, I'm saying competitively. Like, I'll totally play with uh, the Smash Ball like, for fun. Competitively, it could be. But like, they might. in tournament, I don't think people will. I wouldn't say, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say that so quickly. But um, I like the fake Smash Ball, the new item. Um, I, the, the thing I like most is like, that they've gone out of their way to make 1v1 different. Like, 1v1, 
you have the zoom in when somebody the zoom in and the slow motion when somebody does a really good hit yeah that's um, really cool like captain falcon's falcon punch gets a slow motion zoom in and you get and uh, yeah damage. but it's not like specific it's like based on how much damage you're going to do to the other person yeah, like i'm pretty sure smash attacks can do it they can yeah and also the damage is just upped when on in 1v1s yeah which is awesome yeah like they're showing care for the competitive side of this game like they have like like they never have before which is really exciting to me cuz smash it it really is the catch all game like people who have never played a game before can pick up a controller with their friends and have fun playing smash i think and also people who compete who, whose livelihood depends on winning tournaments competitive tournaments can pick up smash and have fun and no other game really bridges that gap as well as smash i think and I, I love when a new Smash Bros. comes out and, like, nobody's got it yet. Like, yeah, everybody's trying to figure out. out. Yeah. So much. Because that's when, like, the playing field is so much more level. Like, an, a Smash Bros. game kind of gets stale, kind of, as time goes on. Like, the people who are good at Smash become, like, unbeatable. And the people who are okay at Smash, you know, sink. Well, you just got to get good. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I'm at the top, of course. Of course, yeah. I'm I'm the pinnacle of Smash Bros. players. Who do you want to play? Just uh, quick. Oh, go Pichu. Pichu. Uh, Pichu. Pichu and Daisy are going to be my mains probably, and I'm going to play almost exclusively with a single Joy-Con because I love crushing people with weird, like weird bad characters. Oh yeah. And, uh, Did they ever actually confirm that you can play with one Joy-Con? I'm. You must be able to, right? You can play with a Wii remote. There's no reason for you to not be able to play with a Joy-Con. That's true. It has more That's buttons. True. Yeah. And that's how I always played on the on Brawl. I always played single Wii Remote because I thought They're it was monster. hilarious to beat people with the worst control scheme. Yeah. And it is. It's always hilarious. Uh, I always played Wiimote Nunchuck. I did that too for Brawl. But I'm excited to see 8-player smashes back. You know, that's always a lot of fun. Yeah. Um, and like, you know, people have... I don't know. You don't have to have... You're not going to be able to use Nunchucks and stuff though. Like Wii Remotes. So... You know, a lot of people are going to have to go out and spend like a billion dollars on Joy Cons, which kind of sucks. Well, I don't know. Um, I mean, I've got four already. I'm set, but like, I don't know. I don't know that many people that have Switch more than the original. By default, two. comes with two, so that right there, at least that's two. You know, that's that's a pretty huge and ingenious. That's like yeah, an ingenious I, I feel like that's probably why they're part. focusing on the one v one so much too. I don't know about that. I think that's just like focus. That I think that's throwing a bone at the competitive community, but. Maybe. But yeah, Smash, awesome. Can't wait. And that pretty much wraps up like all of E3. At least the yeah. things we found most significant, unless there's some other stuff you guys want to mention. I just can't believe Sonic didn't announce something. I really can't. I, I was really so sure it was Because I thought like you definitely came across as like an insane dude connecting dots that weren't there. And no, the dots are definitely there. Something's coming. I just thought it would be at E3, and it's not. Something's coming. Okay. <laughs> okay. Whatever you say. If you mark wrong, my words. Go back to your uh, cage. <laughs> Gotta stick you back in your padded cell. I guess the hype, or the, I guess the wait begins for E3 2019. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. <laughs> I mean, E3s, I think, always happen in cycles. Like, we get a few years that are insanely good, and then we get a few years that are kind of low-key. I think this was one of the low-key ones, but I think we're building up to a huge, huge year. 
Because the kind of unspoken thing that was going on, I think, is that a lot of developers, especially first-party developers, are working on Gen 9 games. Yeah. And then once those consoles get announced, we'll get a huge blowout, I'm, I, I'm imagining. Do you think they'll get announced next year? <sighs> See, if you had asked me earlier, I would have said yes. Now I'm more in the mind of 2020. I think they'll, I think they'll be up for sale in 2020. Maybe it'll be get announced towards the end of 2019. Okay. Well, but we'll see. Who knows? All right. So, yeah, let's end off by talking about games we're playing. Um, I'll go first. I have been playing Hollow Knight on Switch. <laughs> nice. And my God, I did not expect such a quality game when I bought this nah, thing for fifteen dollars. It's so good. I can't like uh, I can't overstate how good it is. It's quickly becoming one of my. It's it's absolutely the best Metroidvania I've ever played, and I've already put over eighteen hours into it, and it's it's giving me the same vibes I got when I played Dark Souls one for the first time. Yeah, I was gonna say eighteen hours in. Do you have any idea what's going on yet? Because I'm I, like I, ten I, or twelve, and I have I no have idea. A very vague picture, and like I love that this game. Okay, so some context: this game was developed by three people and one musician. That's it. And for it to be this polished and this much attention given to the smallest details and this many secrets packed into every little area is just, it's a marvel of game design, I think. And whatever these guys do next, I think everyone should have their eyes on them because they're absolutely geniuses um, in this industry. I agree. But it's just a beautiful game. Yes. So Hollow Knight, it's like a 2D Metroidvania. Um, The combat can be brutal but it's very simple. Uh, there's only one attack button. There's some things that change with that later on, but like the fundamentals are the same. There's just one attack button and a jump button. And just the things you can do with that and like the combat scenarios and the boss fights in this game. Oh my God, the boss are fights like, are so hard. They give you heart attack. Like, And another thing that really kind of made, made me feel like I was playing Dark Souls again for the first time is the exploration and the reward for exploring in this game. There are so many hidden secrets everywhere in this game, and you're rewarded every time you look. And every time you think that, like, okay, this is just, like, a small little alcove off to the side. There's nothing, probably nothing going to be there. You check it there's out. There's something there, it, yeah. Either there's something there, or, like, it's a connector that opens up into a completely new area that you've never even explored before, that, like pretty much doubles the size of your entire game and i'm just like how does this game keep doing this like the only other game i played that did that for me was dark souls one and i can't believe that i'm getting this again i have a big question for you do you play using the um the map marker like do you have yourself marked on the map or do you play it oh yeah without yes i do which one you have it on yes See, I tried for a really long time to play without it because I thought the game was like something very special without it. But eventually I realized I was spending more time just getting lost and frustrated than enjoying the game. So I ended up starting to use it. That's the beautiful thing. Even with the map marker on, you still get lost. (laughs) It's crazy because like I love the little interesting mechanics this game does like you nothing's handed to you you have to go out and get it like even the basic map and the icon marking you you can miss that stuff if you aren't paying attention um but once you yeah once you get that stuff like 
nothing nothing's completely revealed to you if you go into a new area it's going to be completely black you can and, yeah, and what's crazy is like you can miss the map like even if you know where it is you can still miss it because yes. he only stays the map seller only stays for so long and then he's gone and you have to find your way all the way back i think to the town if you want the map right like even with the map when you explore a new area it's black uh and you're going in blind you don't know what's behind the next corner you don't know the geography of the area it's only when you they're like benches that act as save points slash healing points in this game. Only when you sit down on a bench, you actually draw in your map, like the character updates the map with what you've explored. And then your map is slightly bigger, which I think is such a cool touch that promotes, uh, right. Like, I agree. Unknown and more and exploration. They, they've done such an amazing job of making you feel things like the world feels scary and dangerous, but those and benches, mysterious. like those benches, even though they're still like, you know, you don't know exactly how safe you are, but they still feel very safe. Right. And like the world is dripping with lore and like you and can water absolutely and water. Yeah, it's very wet. But you can absolutely tell that there is a deep history, a very tragic history here. Um, yeah, it, it's it's the similar vein of Dark Souls as in like a ruined ancient kingdom that's like surviving on its last dregs while you explore it. Um. Yeah, you can draw a lot of parallels to Dark Souls in this game, but it's not like they went out to make a game that plays like Dark Souls. Right, no. They this... just saw what actually worked about Dark Souls, like, you know, the the death system, the uh, the world interconnectivity, What's and the subtle storytelling. The developers of this game, I was reading an interview, they actually didn't play Dark Souls until development this, on this game was, like, well underway. So Dark really? Souls didn't actually influence this game as much as... Like you think it did. That's wild. Uh, it's just their game design philosophies. Like literally this is the best Metroidvania I've ever played. Yeah. And it's, it's becoming one of my favorite games. Like quickly. See, I haven't played it enough recently to say, to compare it to Super Metroid really. And like even now, like I was playing uh, Hollow Knight before we recorded this show. Like it's constantly on my mind, which I never thought like a, a it's got like a kind of cute art style, like, but it's, it's. Like the art, it's is like tragic, cute, too. almost. Yeah, it's it's weird. It's not cute, but it's like it's like it, haunting. It's, yeah, I guess it's tragic, cute. I think that's yeah. good way of describing it. But it, the art actually kind of reminded me a lot of Mabel Story in a way. Yeah, I get that. And I get, and I think that's another reason I'm so drawn to it. Granted, it's not like happy like Mabel Story. Everything's very gloomy. Everything's very dark. But just the the aesthetic is so clean, and the the art direction is so sound like the areas connect together very logically and there are moments in the game where you can see areas you've been to when you uh, from like a new vantage point from an area you're exploring and it just it makes your jaw drop because you're like the art like from where i went uh direction wise this makes sense that i can see that part of the world and for them to pull that off in a 2d game i think is extremely impressive yeah it's just it's jaw dropping, yeah. I mean, yeah, and I can't recommend it enough for fifteen dollars, and it's an absolute steal. Like, and they keep releasing free DLC. Yeah, I'm like been three for, so for, far. I for think for context, I'm over eighteen hours in, and I don't think I'm anywhere close to the end of the game. Like, no, no I, I doubt you are. It depends on your playstyle, though, because like you can get lucky, I think, and progress very quickly, or right, you this- can just you can pick the wrong direction and spend three or four hours just like you're still having fun, but not completing the game at all. 
Right. This game doesn't hold your hand at all. Like, it's all up to you to figure out. Um, right. And yeah, I, it's so it's so good. I can't wait. I, to I almost hate it. that I didn't wait for it to come out on Switch. I have it on PC. I might rebuy oh, really? it. It's so good. Oh, it's yeah. so good having it on Switch, dude. It's it's such a godsend carrying that around with me. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I'll that's see, what I'll I've been playing. I don't like we we like talked about Hollow Knight for like almost ten minutes, which is fine. It's it's a fantastic game, but I think we should move on. Uh, what have you been playing, Connor? Uh, I just got Doom 2016. Um, not a ton to say. It's just an excellent game. Like everybody's said it to death. It's I I don't agree necessarily with all the people who are like, oh, it skips out on the story. It's straight to the shooting. There is a story going on, and it does stop your gameplay every once in a while to force a story down your throat. But the parts that are shooting are what kind of huh? Doom game has story? Doom guys always been about punching demons and then shooting. Them. Not in Doom three. Oh, Doom 3 was an abomination to a lot of people, but and there's some people who clung to it a lot. Doom 2016 is very good. It, it's definitely brief with its story, and uh, it's, it's just really good. Like, I don't know, the objectives feel a little funny sometimes. Like, yeah, it feel almost like they're Metroid-style objectives, like Metroid Prime. But um, I'm still having fun. Like, the shooting is top-notch. You move really fast. Um, I'm excited to get into, like, arcade mode once I've beat the game. Um, the sound is good. The the soundtrack's amazing. Um, it's Doom. It's really good and fun. Forgot to mention that Bethesda announced a new Doom game. Yeah, Doom Eternal. Yeah, or Eternity. I forget. But yeah, I'll Doom, be playing that. Yeah, I've I've briefly played the new Doom, and I've heard nothing but praise for it. And I thought it was really cool too. It's just not really my type of game, but I can definitely see the appeal. Michael. Uh, I I would talk about Warframe because they launched another major quest and it blew my mind again, but I can't because of legally binding concerns and the fact that this podcast it has been running long enough that I've talked about Warframe every episode. <laughs> and so I'm going to talk about an MMO I just subscribed to because I played it a lot back in the past. And I decided to come back on and check how it's going and actually play the game properly. Um, I picked up Champions Online again. And no oh boy, really? Is it is it dead? Like, <laughs> there's still people that play it, and there's still people that play it like at level forty. There's still people leveling. Like, I have no trouble doing things to level because there's still people to level with. It's usually so. What kind of M- an MMO is it? Just uh, it's one of the last remaining superhero MMOs. Oh, like okay. the character customization in that game is bonkers. Like you could make anywhere from Batman to. I don't know a furry. It's ridiculous. The amount of customization, the amount of st- costume pieces you can get. And if you're willing to spend the money, you get so why more. Do you, why do you think it's dead, though? Oh, uh, well, the player count is at peak, like, 40 people. At most. It's, <laughs> it's empty. That's not, that's not an MMO. That's like, less it, than it a game really of PUBG. It really is less than a game of PUBG at this point. <laughs> like, it's gone down so far. But it's still around, fortunately. There are really some cases. Can you still have fun, have fun without like interacting with anyone? Yeah. And sometimes there is like an influx of people, but it's usually people just running like a late game stuff over and over because they have nothing better else to do with their lives. But really, it's still enjoyable. I'd still recommend checking it out. It's still relatively updated. They just finished up an event. So it's still not in maintenance mode. They're still doing stuff with it. But it's Well, that's nice. It's definitely past its prime. I think it's about as old as City of Heroes, too. 
I'm not really sure, but it's a game. It's a game. It's definitely a game. <laughs> the official Mike review. It's a game. <laughs> if you're willing to pay 15 bucks a month. Uh, for, Jeez, um, are you really doing that? I'm paying like for one or two months before I finish leveling all my characters and I'm going to abandon it for two years again. But let's get real. <laughs> uh, Thank God you and I are addicted to a free-to-play MMO. Anna. This one is free-to-play. That's the thing. Oh. I just played it. Why are you paying? Well, because I wanted to build a freeform character, and a freeform character allows me to build a character however I want and not follow some crappy archetype. They got you, man. They got like, you. I am enjoying freeform characters because I'm not bound to, oh, you have to use this power set. It's like, oh, if I want to shoot fire from one hand and fire a laser from the other, I can. I forgive you, Mike. I've been thinking about picking up Battle Pass in Fortnite. I've already bought the Battle Pass in Fortnite. What are you talking about? I, too, have bought the Battle Pass. <laughs> I, I feel ashamed of my it. words and deeds. There's no reason to be ashamed of the Battle Pass in Fortnite. It's, it's really funny, because, like, for the longest time, me and my friends, like, we were all like, oh, we're never going to buy the Battle Pass. We're never going to buy emotes or anything. We always were default skins. We only had the one emote. And then, like, one day, just we were just like, okay. We're buying all of that. <laughs> so now we we totally like have all the dances. We have like the battle pass and like we became the very things we swore we would never be. Yeah. Uh, I have a Fortnite story as well, but this is kind of off topic, but well, I'm, I mean, my Fortnite story is the second it was announced for switch. I started downloading it and I got my brother <laughs> to download it too. And it I was one it of too. the, it was one of the coolest gaming experiences I've had in recent years was Sitting down, my sister got it on her iPhone, and me and my brother got it on our Switches, and we were sitting down, and we all three played together, and it was that's awesome, pretty awesome, yeah, ridiculous. That's that's like some next gen stuff right there. That's like the future, and Sony better yeah. get with it because that is the future. Like the thing about Fortnite is that I've played it well inebriated. I've made some purchases well inebriated, including buying the dab emote. Oh, gee, for five bucks. <laughs> I'm like, it's, it's five bucks, and I'm like, ah, I'm inebriated. It's a bad decision. You paid five dollars to dab. I paid five dollars to dab. This is why and Epic then, wins. Like, <laughs> the funny story is, immediately after I got the dab emote, I got eight kills in a game after I dabbed on the first kill. Okay, I would Those dab after every definitely kill. Connected. I might buy that emote. That eight might be kills. worth. And then I did it again, but it, the the secret is the rocket launcher. I've played it the up Soldier Range too to know how to use a rocket launcher at close range. And boy, do I know! It is awful. Oh, hey, it's a squad now. They're gone. They're all dead. All of them. Well, that was a fun tangent. But and yeah, Champions Online. <laughs> so yeah, yeah, that's that's what we've been playing. Champions Online. Play Fortnite. <laughs> Play play Fortnite, play Champions Online. Find me there. I'm usually I'm probably leveling a character because I have two now because I, I I'm suffering. I could just play my level forty, but I don't want to because it's squishy and I don't like squishy. I walk up to mobs at level twenty and they one shot me. So you know, don't do MMOs, kids. It's like a drug. not even once. All right. Well, this was a lot of fun. I can't. I, I love E3 and I can't wait till next year. Um, now we start the predictions for next it year. Just yeah, I mean, I hope that there's like next gen news like buzzing around this time next year. So like E3 2019 could be really explosive, but we'll see. But anyways, all right, thanks for listening, guys. We'll catch you next week. See ya. <laughs>